I'm Tina Black, co-owner of Next Level Salon Ownership, a six-month business and leadership course to help you start, maintain, grow, or scale your salon business. We believe there are five strategies to help you eliminate politics and confusion, increase morale, decrease turnover, and increase productivity. If you would like to get on our waiting list for the next course, please go to www.nextlevelsalonleadership.com. When you when you talk about pricing, because it was on one of the things I wanted to ask you, ask you about how do you, the people that you're coaching, how do you help them set up pricing? How do you know if your pricing is is the right price, so to say? I think that, well, the first thing we do is um, we, we have to kind of liberate ourselves. And if you're not the cheapest salon in town, people aren't coming to you for your prices anyway. There's mm. something else that they're coming to you for. It's because they like you or they like the service or they like the job you do, or there's, there's some other reason. I find that quite liberating from the start. Um, and I think what's more important to me is that we build a salon business that supports your life goals. So we always start with what do you want your future to look like? Where do you personally want to be in five years time? When do you want to retire? What's the end game for the salon? Are you leaving it for your children? Are you hoping to sell it as a going concern or are we just going to lock the doors? Are we going to put a manager in so you can be on a beach in Spain somewhere? What's that plan? Then we build the business to support that. And, and again and again, I'm going into salons that are paying, you know, the, the, kind of norm over here is you get a salary plus a commission so you get a basic salary which covers national minimum wage and then a, a performance related commission after and again and again I'm going into salons where everyone's getting paid commission every month but the salon owner's absolutely brassic you know they've got no money at all um, they're struggling you know they're paying themselves less than national minimum wage to subsidize the business so something's got to change um, so it's about increasing, I find it much more exciting to figure out what I want to charge and then how do I make that feel like a no brainer. So I would always come at it from that point of view. And uh, so I went into my salon, oh gosh, this would be seven or eight years ago. This is before we even got into memberships. And I said, I want to charge a hundred pounds for a haircut this Christmas. And they were, everybody just said, well, you can't because we charge, I think the most expensive we had was like 54 pounds. So that's kind of 75, $80 maybe. Um, and they said, well, how are you going to charge £100? I said, I don't know, but we're going to do it. And we need to figure out a way to make that work. Um, so we we came up with a £100 haircut. We can't do it anymore because it's too cheap. Um, and so basically, you would come in at the beginning of December. You would have a cut and finish with your stylist. Um, st stood next to the stylist would be one of my apprentices. And you could come in every time you had drinks with the girls, every time you had a Christmas party to go to, office work to do with your husband, you could come in, have a free blow dry. So a wash and blow dry with one of my apprentices. Um, and for that, you paid £100. Now I sold, the first year we did that, we sold 10 in, at the end of October. So that was a thousand pounds in my till. We haven't even picked up any scissors. And I went, okay, this, this is exciting now. This is fun. So it's much more interesting to me to kind of say, okay, this is what I need to charge. What do I need to deliver in terms of experience that that feels like a no brainer to my customers. So it's about increasing the standards and, and a big chunk of my signature program is called seven star salon. Five star won't do it anymore. We have to go beyond five star, six star, seven star. What does that look like to your customers in your town? And that particular 
particular flavor then liberates you to charge whatever. It's not, we need to get away from this, um, this model of saying, okay, I need to charge this much per minute and it's gonna take me 45 minutes to do this service. We need to get way away from that and realize that what we deliver is a transformation and we make people feel incredible. And that's, you know, there's no price you can put on that, particularly at the moment. And this is where I get very cross because, sorry, I'm ranting. Just shut me up when you're ready. Um, But there's so many people saying there's not opportunity out there. And there is that just because we've had a really tough time over the last three years does not mean that's the same story for everybody. There are people that have been on full pay for the last three or four years, haven't taken vacations anywhere. They haven't been going abroad for their holidays. They've got money to spend and they want to feel better. And that's where our opportunity is. But we can't keep telling people that they need our services anymore because they don't. They've been without them for so long. We have to change that conversation. It's not about something you need. It's about something that you really want and you want to feel better, don't you? Um, And that's where that conversation needs to go. Yeah, you want to feel better. I love it. This is amazing. And there's a couple of things that I love that you said, and I I 100% agree with you. It's the same thing in the United States. So we're we're dealing with the same issues here. And the fact that you said embarrassment over profit, and it's interesting because Sean and I do, uh, we we teach a six-month course of how to grow or scale your salon. And one of the Mm -hmm. first things we do is we, we talk about profit and we sit down and look mm-hmm. at numbers and it's interesting. And I'm wondering if you have come across this as well. And cause we call it uh, profit first, cause we, we want to pay you pay yourself first. And so building yeah. that in right into your commission plan or your, you know, pay scale kind of situation. Uh, but have you come across that too, where salon owners, they don't have any profit and loss statements to show for themselves um, to be able to show you, and they have to kind of oh backtrack. Yeah, it got a little bit better as people started to adopt salon software. You know, there was a yeah. big improvement as we started to get PCs on on the reception desk. But even then, you know, I'll, I'll go into really good good salons. You know, that are making good money, big teams. Um, and we talk about pricing and I'll say, OK, but what's this transaction? Oh, that's for Auntie Betty. She's been coming in here for decades. She only pays 30 pounds for it. And these are big salons. You know, these aren't kind of little, you know, two stylist concerns. And I kind of think we just need to get away from that. And actually, you know, I, I try and look for the positive in the last two, three years. Nobody expects us to be charging what we were two years ago. Nobody, not even Auntie Betty, who's been coming for 30 years. And I find that quite liberating as well. But uh, yeah, an awful lot of people, you know, their their accounts are written on the back of a cigarette packet. There's there's just nothing in place when we go into salons. And uh, um, I call it the rip it. Okay, so what do you have over there? You have Band-Aids. So we call it ripping off the Band-Aid. And that's when we look at the wound underneath and just see what we're dealing with. And that's a really uncomfortable part of the coaching process. And what I try and do is marry that with something easy because I know it's going to be a really tough month um but it has to be done and I, I just need to get people to the stage where they're falling back in love with their businesses and that's what I've seen sadly over the last three or four years is people closing not because they can't make it work it's just they don't love it anymore um, yeah. but I've always said that it's a lot easier to love a business that makes you a lot of money one thousand <laughs> <laughs> percent so for that salon owner or that stylist that has, you know, Aunt Betty for that that 30, she's just been locked in forever because, you know, I know we as salon owners, we have some, some of our clients that are locked in because they were there when we opened. And, you know, 
the stylists always have a reason of why they should continue to be that price. So as a coach, how would you coach that stylist or that owner to understand the value and it's time to, to move forward? Well, I think there's two separate conversations there for stylist and owner. Um, and I, I coach salon owners. I don't coach salon teams. I'm not a stylist best friend, I promise you. Um, you know, I'm going to deliver a lot of news which stylists aren't going to hear. We're going to be putting performance measures in place that they don't want to work any harder than they are at the moment for the same money. Um, so it's a slightly different conversation in that, you know, if it's my name over the door and I'm paying to get these price cards updated, this is what we're going to be charging. And, and so that's the stylist conversation. And pretty much as far as that goes, um, I always consulted with my team when we had a pricing review that we need to have pricing reviews much more frequently. So I'm encouraging people to have reviews at least every six months because then it means that when we're increasing, it's it's by less, you know, it's one or $2 rather than, you know, five to $10. So it's a little bit more palatable. And also particularly with, you know, for example, energy prices at the moment, things are changing so rapidly that 12 months is way too long to try and predict what's going on. And it's very stressful. And we still haven't seen over here the, um, the hand down from our manufacturers on that yet, but it's coming. We know we all know some bad news coming on that. So we need to be ready to adapt. Um, also, I think it's really important to understand that um, there are ways to, to kind of sweeten that a little bit. So I, I, would, I would make out that I was doing Auntie Betty a really big favor and tap her very quietly on the shoulder and say, just so you know, those prices are going up in September. But if you book your appointments now, we'll honor your old price until the end of the year. And actually, you know, if she's a loyal customer all those years, she doesn't want to see you fail anyway. She wants you to do well. Um, so, so much of it is tied up with our perceived attitudes of our customers and we kind of try and second guess a little but but whenever I've consulted my team there's always some resistance for your team over price increases and that comes back to that insecurity I was talking about earlier mm -hmm. but what I always point out to my team is I'm very clear on my ideal customer avatar my ideal customer avatar is not a 24 year old hairdresser She's a business owner. She's 54 years old. I know the street that she lives on, the car that she drives. So actually, I don't care that you don't particularly like the prices because I'm not encouraging more of you through the doors anyway. Um, and I had this I had this very conversation with one of my stylists. She'd been with us six or seven years, um, very loyal, very good. And, and she said, I can't see people paying that. I said, I don't really, you know, with the greatest respect and with much love, you have never paid for a haircut because you started working here at 17. Before that, your mother paid for your hair. And since then, you've had free haircuts. So you don't even know what it's like to pay for a haircut. I really don't care what your, your thoughts about those prices are. So we need to, um, but that comes from a fear around recruitment. I think the, uh, we call it the tail wagging the dog. Um, there's a little bit of fear around, I, I think we're being held prisoner by some of our teams sometimes. And we need to have a bit more confidence that actually we are the owner, we are the manager, we are the people that know what's best for the business. We have that long-term strategy and that vision for the business. And these decisions are gonna have to be made whether they're popular or not. Um, and I think if we've got more confidence in recruitment, actually we're not, we're not held hostage by our teams quite so much. Yeah, so good. And, and, you know, I was actually coaching 
uh, woman that runs a nonprofit today about the same situation. I said, you're held hostage by your team right now. And I think we all fall into that so often. And, and I would love to talk about that. And, and by the way, I love the fact that you're doing pricing reviews every six months. I mean, that's, that's mm. huge. Definitely going to take that on for sure. Yeah, I think the best, if you take months. nothing else from this today, the yeah. best three words, prices valid until. At the yes. bottom of everything so if they come across an old yes. price card they found one you know in the back of a drawer somewhere they're not expecting to pay those old prices prices valid until and then it will make you review those prices in six months time as well thank you for joining us today and if you loved this podcast jump on over to our youtube page to hear the full hour-long interview you can find us at next level salon leadership